Wyszedłem na otóż polskiego. Tak, tak, tak. Dzień dobry and welcome back to Party Roulette. I'm joined once again by the lovely, or not once again, because this is actually the first time we've done a podcast together, by one of our Polish members of Uwe Radio, Jan Dudek. He's normally a sound engineer for us, and he was actually responsible for the madness that we saw at the Wondelbunker back in November. One of the all-time great free parties of 2019. How are you doing today, man? All good, all good, very decent. Nice one. What's going on in uh, in Poland at the moment? You actually reached out to me and you said that it's important that we cover this and these elections that are going to happen in Poland next week. I actually had no idea these elections were going to happen. Yeah, probably there is not much coverage abroad, but, well, Poland right now is expecting to have the most important elections since the fall of communism, as the the ruling party PIS is, they're actually called PIS. I really love how it sounds in English, because that's very well describes the party itself. Just a big pile of PIS. Yeah, yeah, they are. Recently, we had the first round of elections where we have multiple candidates, like there was round 11. How it goes in Poland is in the first round, the first two candidates, which will get the most votes, are going and getting in the second round. And right now, this is a choice between the incumbent from from the uh, from the ruling party and uh, and another candidate, Rafał Czaskowski. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I was looking through this document that you sent me with uh, most of the history of what's been going on with this party because, like most people, I'd heard that there was a lot of rule of law infringements going on in Poland, and the party and the country was going very much to the right. But I had no idea it was at this level. And when I read through most of what you sent me, I was getting this impression like. I was thinking, oh, it's like a really, really fucked up country. Like, and I couldn't even compare it to something else because this is genuinely worse than than nearly any other country in the world I can think of right now. Because we have this idea of Poland as like, oh, they're European. They're still like, they're within the EU. They're right over there, like, uh, you know, two countries away from us. It can't be that bad, but... Yeah, I'll give a little breakdown of what the history is or the recent history of this uh, party piss as well. So they took power in 2015 and the prime minister or the president, sorry, from this party, Andre Duda, he has been ruling ever since and they've taken a decidedly right-wing turn and they've massively started to infringe upon the separation of powers within the Polish state. So normally you'd have judges appointed um, by the by the Sejem, the lower chamber, but now the party, the ruling party, is taking all of that power and effectively destroying the balance of power and moving it away from that. Is that correct? As a basic briefing, uh, well, they're not actually that much right-wing, uh, they are actually using uh, the facade of being the right-wing party. Uh, right-wing parties actually should, you know, uh, be actually nationalist, patriotic and all this bullshit. But these guys are... They're actually giving away a lot of money in a very uncontrolled way. So in that's like a social programs, but really bad ones. Because they're giving away money uh, for technically noble causes, but they're not really controlling how much, how they're giving away this money. Why have they so been doing this? Because that's quite, 
that's quite uncharacteristic of a party like this. Well, yeah, but uh, the uh, very important thing here is their electorate is a lot of very poor people, very uneducated from rural areas. And these people, they, they introduced a program which is 500 plus, 500 Polish fingers, uh, which is about 110 euros a month to everyone who has children. And suddenly people love them for the government is giving us money. Well, they just boosted the inflation. So people think they have more money, but actually the purchasing power of, of Polish lot uh, reduced greatly. Mm. And while I'm not an opponent of social programs, this is type of social program where nobody is controlling how this money is spent. It's not like they are they introduced uh, cheaper uh, preschools or gave people free diapers. They're giving money to uh, in cash to people, and only people who are actually really benefiting from that. Uh, are people who very often never lifted their fingers to to secure any future for their children. Very often, these people are spending it on alcohol or cheap cigarettes, and nobody's controlling whether the, this so-called social program is actually used in a social way. Yeah, I mean, we should be careful of, of how how we look at an issue like that, because there's a lot of... I definitely agree with you in the sense that a small social package of 110 euros a month when inflation is going up doesn't really do anything. But what the people spend it on, it doesn't really matter. It's more of like a symbolic thing towards people. Because um, there's, a, there's a lot of criticisms towards... propaganda. Of course, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing is that this, is a, this isn't just a, a social payment. This is like buying popularity. That's the thing, and it's... They are doing it very often, mm. literally buying popularity. Because with you can actually use government's money in many ways, which will not boost inflation, uh, in a way that you will actually help the children. Because that's, that's what they're saying. We are giving money to children. Well, you can buy dinners for children. Government could... Uh, Invest more in preschools. Yeah, well, this government's actually very against any intellectual, they call them elites, and they basically, while school teachers were, were struggling during corona crisis, the minister of, I think, finance or one of the main figures told them, well, then just go and start picking strawberries. This is, this is the help they're offering to teachers. Just go churn some go butter in the fields. It's easy, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want, mate. Just go make your own bread. It's fine. You have the tools. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely that's definitely a big problem with how they're using these social programs in order to buy legitimacy and power. But one of the the things that I wasn't really aware of was the insane media control that this party piss has, and how in 2015. Yeah. This, this was shocking, that they came out with this whole propaganda campaign, and it's on Netflix as well, apparently, where they accused Donald Tusk, who was the former president of the European Council, as orchestrating a conspiracy that the PO, which was the old um, party ruling in Poland, 
the, the basically the opposition collaborated with Russia to assassinate the former prime minister, or sorry, um, former president. And there's no no evidence for this whatsoever, but it's just an insane propaganda video they spread across the whole country. All of their supporters ate it up, and everybody who, you know, realized this was propaganda started to think, okay, all of you supporters are just brainwashed. And that was one of the things that you said which really stuck with me, like this division internally. What's the name of this, uh, this video? That's also the, the place where the, where the air disaster mm. uh, has happened because it was in Russia. Uh, and, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about, not as much as whether we like social, their so-called social programs or the, how they are ruling. That's, you know, that's very subjective. People may like it or not. But one thing which is actually really terrible about this party is how they are doing whatever they can to divide Polish nation. They're spreading so much hateful propaganda. They're turning one citizen against uh, against another. The PO, right now KO, Civic Coalition, the previous, uh, the previous ruling um, party, well, they're accusing them of so many, well, ridiculous claims against them. Like, this is this being the, the the very best example. They are constantly saying that they plotted to assassinate president. Why? Like that's always very good, uh, very good question to ask when speaking of conspiracy theories. Why would someone do that? Mm. What's the incentive here? Because, well, I really cannot find a situation where. Because uh, uh, along with a president in this air disaster, like hundreds of prominent and not current prominent politicians, the historical politicians like former presidents and another uh, national heroes died along with him. And so, how did he die exactly? And which which because that wasn't so clear in um, when I was when I was researching it. So he was the old president before Donald Tusk, and was was this president? No, who- no, no, no. Donald Tusk uh, was at the time prime minister. He wasn't oh, okay. the president. And what is the difference between the prime minister and president? Prime minister is, well, uh, he's actually head of same, the, the lower and the most important chamber of the government. Oh, I see. Heading uh, the house, what laws should be uh, put on the president's table. President should either approve those laws or veto them. That's mainly, mainly his role. He also kind of serves a representative. It's a symbolic role as well. Yeah, like a queen in the UK. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the president who died uh, in the, in the air disaster, uh, he wasn't. He was still a president at this time. But the elections were scheduled like one month after after the the disaster. So like that would be actually insanely stupid to assassinate him because well we know it from. Kurt Cobain and Michael Jackson that, well, if you want to boost someone's popularity, well, the best thing you can have is have this person dead. So opposition killing a president which is about to face elections in a month, that would be insanely stupid thing because, well, his death only elevated him to a level of national hero, not actually, well, you know, very often dead people in terms of propaganda and image are much more powerful than, than alive ones. Of course, yeah. It's like uh, any musician, like you're saying, MJ. As soon as they die, everyone loves them. 
So yeah, why, that was the case. I know when I die of an overdose in seven years, everyone's going to listen to all my podcasts and I'm finally going to get the recognition I deserve. Yes, of course. Well, you should start. Exactly. You know, it's easy. Can't you wait. You can start practicing your smack habits right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good time to develop some nasty habits. Summer's here. It's raining. But yeah, there was, a, there was some other things that really hit home with me about what's been happening in Poland. Um, the, the thing which I had no idea about was that abortions are completely illegal in Poland. And they have been since 1989. And Pierce, since coming into power, they've expanded the law to prosecute abortions in the cases of pregnancy from rape and when the mother's life is in danger. So just think about that for a sec. Not only is it completely illegal... But they've just now expanded it. So rape, danger of life, nah, we don't give a shit. Still illegal. Yeah. And beyond that, the, the gynecologists are so afraid of prosecution that they actually won't treat women who come to them with damaged sexual organs and whatever because they're actually, they're so afraid of, of yeah, of getting prosecuted for this, something like this. So it's even... Not even like performing the abortion, even like trying to help somebody after a botched abortion is illegal. Uh, it's, it's, it's such well, thorough persecution. A gynecologist who will kind of try to, you know, skip the fact that, uh, that uh, this girl or woman had an abortion, but very often, well, that's an important part of, uh, of medical history of a patient. And you have to basically wait till the complications developed are really bad to, to even start considering a treatment because then only then you can pretend it just came out of nowhere mm. uh, but well it's one thing that's that's insane that in the cases of not only rape but when mother life is in danger very often uh, very very often in those cases uh, you have no guarantee that uh, you can save the child. You have guaranteed that if you will uh, stop the pregnancy right now, woman will be safe, but you have no guarantee whatsoever that this child will survive if you don't stop it. And it's still illegal in all of those cases. But they actually, it's not only gynecologists, this is actually the most extreme example because uh, this, uh, this implies the suffering of basically uh, half of the population, which is women. But they actually have an insane grudge to all medical practitioners of uh, all specialisms. They, are, they claim they try to protect the citizens or something, from I don't know those vile vile doctors which are trying to hurt them whatever, uh, but right now the moment you touch a patient as a medical practitioner, you are in huge potential danger of prosecution. If they they call it in case of, in case of mistake, but you know it's very very difficult to point out whether actually mistake has been made by a medical, uh, medical doctor. Well, there are a lot of situations where, you know, this patient could not be saved, where the potential benefits of trying this approach uh, may actually save a person, but people will, do doctors will not, uh, will not go and treat patients because they are afraid of prosecution. That's my personal assumption, that actually peace is aware that 
they do not have a lot of votes from educated medical people and they are against them as medical people are against the party. Yeah. And now they've got this conscience clause uh, which went into effect, yeah. which allows a pharmacist to refuse selling in-person medicine, even if it's been prescribed by a doctor, if the pharmacist don't want to. If there's some kind of ideological difference, they say. But what that basically means is that if if you're a Nazi, you don't have to sell to a Jew or any kind of ridiculous reason you can want to make up. If you don't agree with abortions, if you don't agree with condoms, you don't have to sell it. If you don't like the look of a person, if they're black, female, whatever, you can just tell them to fuck off. That is, again, yeah. just a well, massive, are... massive human rights infringement. And yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I'm seeing here is just that this, this ruling party, they've taken so much control of the country in the judiciary, within the government. It's only the Senate, which isn't completely controlled. And they're fully wielding this power. It's not like they're just taking control and that's it. It's like, nah, there's some real cultural and societal shifts going on in Poland right now. And yeah, it's, it's fucking scary, man. Especially with the media control as well. That Now it's just an active wing of the government and yeah, it's propaganda all yeah. day. The thing is the incumbent president, Andrzej Duda, he explicitly said that he's not the president of all Poles. He's only the president of those who voted for him. Ah, he's actually okay. using, using this approach. Clever. Well, he has a very high Catholic electorate, so he's going to ban abortions. He's going to ban selling condoms if if Catholics, Catholic pharmacists don't like to sell them. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't understand how you can be like against abortions and against condoms that is like the catholic church for a while tried doing that and then everyone was like do you have any idea how fucking stupid that is condoms literally prevent abortions more than anything else it's, it's no, wild. Pray, praying to the God <laughs> to ensure that the God will, you know, get rid of all of your desires yeah, is the yeah, only yeah. right approach. Cold shower getting... and stare at the cross for a bit. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. But yeah, so so this this all of this conversation began because we have elections happening in Poland next week. And there were restrictions on it because of lockdown and coronavirus and everything but they're still going ahead and it's the second round of voting what do you predict is going to happen well i certainly hope that rafał czeskowski the uh, the candidate from opposition is going to win like this is like the last hope i have for this country at this moment the the issue i have right now is that uh, they are the propaganda they're using is so full of hate speech. They're saying that Rafał Czaskowski is going to sell Poland to Germans and Jews, which, well, yeah. you hear, but the, the, the very sound of this, this implies that Germans and Jews are somehow bad or that he's going to turn our children into faggots. Well, in general, this party has huge, um, huge propaganda against uh, uh, homosexual people. <clears throat> For a very, very brief while after the first round of elections, the incumbent, Andrzej Duda, tried 
to kind of appeal to someone else and his voters. He even for a moment said he agrees on some points with uh, homosexual candidate Robert Piedron. But he said that. quickly he realized... He, yeah, he wanted to get voters, but... Uh, he was testing well, the waters a little he, bit. Yeah, but he very very quickly realized that no, he he's not able to get new voters because everyone who didn't vote for him didn't vote for him for a reason. So the only chance he has is to mobilize his own voters. And then after realizing that, he started introducing even more and more LGBT scare. He started uh, to point out how uh, Rafał Czaskowski is gonna allow those vile, vile faggots to run on the streets. And uh, let, let me remind everyone that uh, he explicitly said that LGBT are not people. That these are not people. This is just an ideology. These are not actual people. That is so wild, man. Like the idea that it's it's actually very clever because it's dehumanizing in the same way that the Nazis said, oh, Jews aren't really people. They're just animals. They're like rats or whatever. It's been a very effective tactic to spread hate and fear and allow people to do horrendous things to other people by just making people think, okay, these aren't people. And he's saying that oh, they're not people. This isn't people, this is an ideology. This is a frame of mind and this isn't just an ideology which is benign. This is an ideology which is threatening your ideology, which is Catholicism and and everything that you stand for as a pole. So, yeah, that is fucking terrifying. And I can see why you and many other people in Poland right now are, are absolutely terrified of this government continuing. Yeah. Because of uh, this vast propaganda against uh, the, against the opposition, well, I understand that a lot of people may have some issues with civic coalitions because they were ruling party in Poland, and of course everyone at some point of their lives developed some grudge against uh, the the sitting government, and well, they were a sitting government for eight years, but. Right now, I hear a lot of people who said, well, I will not vote because I will not be voting for a lesser evil. But, well, well I can see that ideologically this may have some points. The gap between what's called lesser evil by some, because they didn't live up to all the expectations, and greater evil, which is hate speech and monopoly of power and this abuses of human rights and most importantly direct antagonizing of of basically half of society mm. that's that's not like oh lesser greater evil there is a light years of gap between someone who is greater evil because this is authoritarian and destroying the rule of law and destroying people's lives and someone who just did not live up to the expectations. Mm. Mate, this is mad. Like, it's... The presidential debates, I was, I was just reading this, this earlier. The fact that, obviously, the media is covering this, no independent media is allowed to touch the debates. And Andre Duda 
he gets a perfect 60 seconds. He's heard the questions before. He just rails them out like nothing. And Tchaikovsky, Rafael Tchaikovsky, it's a tough name to pronounce. He obviously hadn't heard these questions and didn't know what to say. He gets all the tough ones. These these are like these debates can be so critical for elections. I saw it in the in US politics during the primaries with Bernie and Biden. And it was just so evident that these people it's it's not as directly controlled, it's more implicit economic media control. But it's still so clear where the bias is. And you know, if if Piss fully owns the media, then this just isn't gonna change and this is gonna massively impact the election. We have independent media in Poland. Uh, ruling party claims these are Jewish-German media. Well, they're actually owned by Discovery, so they're American, but uh, Andrzej Duda uh, likes Trump, and Trump likes Andrzej Duda. So they're not saying these are American media, but, you know, Jew- Jewish-German, because that sounds more, more like them. Uh, but all of independent media, they decided to, to organize a debate, really independent debate where... No candidate knows questions previously, and most important, uh, they will allow candidates uh, to ask questions uh, to each other, which actually, you know, al- al- allowing them to engage in a conversation. Uh, sitting president refused to participate in this debate. For a while, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm very open to debates. Yeah, debates are good. Of course, I'm never afraid of a good debate." But obviously he refused the invitation and all the public media started spreading that uh, opposition candidate Rafał Czaskowski is trying to hide behind foreign media because uh, for some reason foreign media are better than our own Polish media. (laughs) For some reason, some weird reason, the, the foreign media are not controlled by the government and that makes them better, he says. Fuck these people, man. Uh, nah, it's very scary what's going on. There's another that bit is, here as well. That, that um, Tchaikovsky is doing very well in the big cities, whereas Duda is doing better in the rural areas. And the government has promised 16 new fire trucks to the villages with the biggest election attendance in the rural areas. That just sounds like something that, you know, like a, a parent would promise a kid like before Christmas, like, all right, if you behave yourself, you're going to get a new fire truck. <laughs> just vote for the fascist, LGB-hating, anti-Semitic people who control all the media and the government and everything, and we'll give you a new fire truck. How about that? I really like what happened with the fire truck situation, because from the 16 villages, which got those fire trucks which had the biggest attendance so they have the, the fire trucks now already I fire know, trucks are there not not yet okay but, well from the 16 uh, counties like they're called powiats in poland we actually don't have counties uh, from 16 of those who won this contest 10 of those uh, counties voted for Shaskowski. this is like Whoa. such a beautiful <laughs> smack in the face <laughs> Fuck your fire trucks, man. <laughs> There's yeah, a fire that, truck that, in government. That's where the fire is, mate. That's <laughs> Buy some fire yeah, trucks for yourself. Why, I think the, the fire trucks may not happen. That's very good. Well, that's, that's encouraging as well. And So the first round concluded. 
So in the first round, yeah, the candidates, there were many candidates and now it's just the top two. And there was 28% in the first round who didn't vote. Oh, no, sorry. 29% of the electorate didn't vote for either Judah or Tchaikovsky. And that means that all these people are up for grabs and they have to choose one of the two. I kind of think from what we've been talking about here and what I can read here, Tchaikovsky might do it. Because with Duda, all of his people are very dedicated and they're not they're not going anywhere, but he's not going to get any moderates because everybody can see he's a fucking lunatic and his party is just completely fascist. So it's, it looks quite encouraging, actually. It is, it is. Well, the thing is, 7% of those voters voted for, uh, for Mr. Bosak, who is from actually a right-wing nationalist party, not just by the name, but they are actually, like, libertarians, very much nationalists. These people, probably, I don't think they will vote for Duda that much, because they are much better at being right-wing party than PiS. I see. PiS, for for last uh, five years, they did whatever they can to antagonize this party, because they were afraid of losing voters to them. So, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the actual nationalist people will either not vote, some of them will vote for Traskowski, because that's the only option for them to, to have their nationalist movement not surpassed. But I think most of the of the voters of the independent candidate, the leftist candidates, they will vote for Cheskowski. The Right now, the question is more about how much people will show up at the ballots on both sides. Mm. This is like, uh, right now, opinion polls yesterday, first time uh, Cheskowski surpassed uh, Duda in opinion polls. Which I'm something which I'm actually afraid of because you know it's always better to chase than be chased. But well, this is this looks a bit promising. It does. I I, I just I just really hope that there won't be because I'm hearing a lot of people who are are, are uh, dedicated to not voting, which is very very sad and disappointing. And I hope this won't really be the case. Yeah, I mean, will actually go to vote. I can understand. I mean. With the sentiment of not voting, in some situations, like I've, you know, normally this podcast, Party Roulette, it follows US politics, but we're obviously taking a detour over to Poland right now. And I've been following that intensely. I volunteered on the Bernie campaign. And if I had a vote, which I don't, my father's American, but I don't have citizenship, I would never, ever vote for Joe Biden, even though he is better than Trump. And he in my mind, he's only slightly better than Trump. And that's where the difference comes in, is that there's nothing that Biden stands for that I agree with. There's not a single policy of his that I can point to and be like, okay, I want that. Whereas just from Tchaikovsky saying that he wants to legalize gay marriage, that would already be more than enough of a thing to make me go out and vote for him. Like that that would have my vote. I, I don't care about anything else he stands for. If you're up against somebody who's a complete fascist and you want to legalize gay marriage, bang. You know, you, you you should be the president. <laughs> I'd like to point out that I'm not sure, may, maybe some countries have that, that if you don't vote, if too little people, I think, I'm not sure even even US doesn't have that. If uh, less than some percentage of uh, people eligible to vote will not show up at the ballots, well, neither of candidates wins. In such case, I really understand not voting, but... If there is no threshold, if 
if, if when a single vote is being cast that uh, renders elections legal, uh, not voting is kind of like voting for a sitting party always. Mm. I understand. I mean, for me, it really depends on the situation. As I said, there have been times in British politics where I have not voted because I don't, I don't feel represented by anybody running, where I don't feel the necessity. I don't feel like voting is something that should always be a, a duty of people. If there's nothing to vote for and both candidates are nearly equally bad, you don't respect either of them. I think the the idea of always voting no matter what and it's your duty, it can actually devalue your vote and it can make it so that people in power, and you see this so much in the Democratic Party, that they feel entitled to your vote and they will say to you, what, you're not going to vote for us? You're the problem. You're the problem. It's like, no, 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 you're the fucking problem. My vote is not your entitlement. My vote is here to be earned by you. And if you put forward a fucking neoliberal corporate piece of shit like Joe Biden, who has stood for everything that I disagree with politically for his entire career and does not represent anything now, which I agree with, why the fuck would I waste my time and go vote for this guy? Oh, because he's better than Trump. Whoop de fucking do. Everyone's better than Trump. You've managed to pick the one guy who's like, who's, who's so bad, so bad in every way politically that I just can't. Like, I wouldn't be able to. And that, again, is not applicable to, to the Polish situation. I think this is way different. And this is, uh, you know, democracy is threatened. Rule of law is threatened in a way that it's not threatened by Trump. People like to make it out like it is. But this is far, far worse than anything that's happening in America. And, you know, e even if this guy didn't support gay marriage, even if he didn't support anything, I would vote for him because these core political values for are exactly that they're, they're threatened massively and like you're saying this is a turning point and when a, you know a, a government wins two elections he's probably just gonna go down putin style and just fucking change the constitution and make himself a leader for life yeah like it's really scary because like andre duda is not actually the the main figure he the mastermind behind uh, all of this is Ray Jarosław Kaczyński ah, okay. is puppet that uh, makes sense actually elected to 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 spread his message and uh, Jarosław Kaczyński who doesn't hold any major office he's just a chairman of the party and actually ruler of Poland uh, foreign media they called this type of approach Putin Orban Kaczyński approach something like this because all of those three dudes, Viktor Orban, uh, Jaroslav Kaczyński, and uh, what's Putin's name? Uh, Vladimir Putin. And they all share the very same approach of basically monopolizing power and, uh, and like not giving a damn fuck about the rule of law, opposition, or anyone who... Exactly, yeah, because them. this guy Kaczyński, he, he doesn't have to... He just has to stay an MP, which is quite easy and he can do that indefinitely and then maintain the power within his party he from stays within. an mp so he can sit uh, in a house of parliament during all the sittings because otherwise he wouldn't be allowed it's a bit like house of cards yeah oh you got the guy in the senate majority leader in the back frank what's his face frank underwood fucking everyone up <sighs> this is Good so time. much like Good house times. of cards because because a lot of people will mobilize their uh, their electorates. A lot of like uh, city majors and 
and those people, because this party, uh, they displayed so much nepotism, so much uh, uh, <clears throat> promoting of basically nobodies with no experience uh, to very, very uh, high positions, that right now, there is so many people who have so much left to lose if this party will lose. Because they know that they didn't... President Andrzej Duda being the very example. He never had any, any background which would elevate him to the, uh, to the status of a president. But he was given this, uh, this position by the party. And... Uh, there is so many people on much lower positions like that. They know, well, I'm here only because I was faithful to the party and they kind of gave me a reward. Yeah. And they know that if this is not the case, they will not hold on to these positions because everybody knows that they were never qualified to hold them. Yeah, proper fucking... Proper cucks, man. Proper cucks. <laughs> But yeah, we should uh, wrap up this podcast now because the studio is actually meant to close 16 minutes ago. So there's a slight chance that the door downstairs is locked, in which case I'm spending the weekend in the studio and the Uber Radio barbecue tomorrow. Uh, I will not be attending it. So yeah, man, but it's, it's been lovely chatting to you about all this and very illuminating and quite quite an, an awakening, honestly, because... I thought like if you'd asked me, okay, which country has, has the worst political situation in Europe, I would have I would have probably said Hungary, maybe Belarus. Uh but this is looking this is looking diabolical. But specifically in in what you're saying about the hatred towards Jewish people, minority groups, LGBT people, the media control. And voters of the other party. This hatred is elevated a lot. Hatred towards towards anyone who doesn't vote for sitting president. Yeah, you can't you can't have that. It needs to be. It's in stark contrast to the situation in '89 with Solidarność, which I remember an insane stat when I was learning about it a couple of years ago. That was at its height, like fucking ninety percent of the Polish like people were a member of this group Solidarność, which was the one which liberated it from uh, Soviet rule and got its independence and. Fucking ninety percent, man. It's just it's, it's unprecedented what As happened the there. The leader of Solidarność, Lech Wałęsa, the man who uh, became a history in half of Europe because, well, he's one of the main figures who liberated Europe from communism. This party, because he obviously doesn't agree with uh, this very much authoritarian party, to discredit him, they're doing all they can to prove and spread uh, spread the idea that he was actually communist uh, spy and uh, collaborant. Just like Donald Tusk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. mate. Yeah, it's, it's it's so sad to see that because. The leader of Solidarność, Donald Tusk, these are some of the best politicians in European history in the last 50 years. These are truly great statesmen who have helped millions of people and fucking dickheads down at piss are just trying to piss on their names, as their name would suggest. Yeah. So we can't have that. So everyone make sure on the 11th 12th. of July next week, Oh, it'll probably be... This is going to be released, I think, on um, on Thursday. So it's going to be in two days from now when you're listening to this. Go out and vote. If you're in Poland, if you've got any kind of possibility to tell someone to vote, do your part, share this around, share anything. 
because this is a true seminal moment in Polish history. I really encourage anyone who still didn't make up their minds, there is a democracy at stake. Bang, we need that energy. But yeah, it's been a pleasure chatting to Jan. Or Jan, sorry, we have another Jan at the radio. I'm always getting the names pronunciation confused. It happens. But yeah, in summation, fuck Kaczynski, fuck Duda, and fucking let's get Tchaikovsky elected. Let's get Tchaikovsky elected, indeed. All right. Good speaking to you, mate. Always, man. I'll catch you later. Yeah. In a bit. Catch you later.